Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hi everyone. Welcome to Living Well with Janet, where we explore different health and wellness topics to enrich our ever-evolving personal practices. I'm your host, Janet. I recently went on a 10-day trip around Japan, and it was absolutely amazing. It was the first true international trip that I've taken since the start of COVID. And my first time back to Asia in, I don't know, over five years or so. Now, when I travel, I usually don't have any major digestion issues. I've rarely gotten food poisoning or constipation. Honestly, I really can't remember the last time I struggled with that. However, this time was a different story. About halfway into our trip, I started feeling a little extra bloated. Mind you, I was on my period when we got there, so I didn't think much of it at the time. But then, another day passed. And another. And I realized that I hadn't, how do you say, dropped the kids off at the pool, evacuated the building, laid a floater, gone number two, taken a dump. Basically, I hadn't pooped in a few days. Now, in Chinese culture, it's fairly common to talk about your bowel movements because they are a reflection of one's state of health. My mom has a saying that she often repeats in Chinese. It goes something like this. What that translates to is eat, drink, poo, pee, and sleep. Basically, these are the key elements that pertain to your health. How you eat, what you drink, the quality of your poops and your pee, and the quality of your sleep. Given my recent experience, it got me thinking, what actually is considered healthy poop? How long should it take for me to go? Is there such a thing as stress poops? And have you ever noticed whether your poop floats? I mean, should it float? And of course, I was also curious, how can I have better poops? We'll go into all of this and more in today's episode. So in thinking about what is considered normal or healthy poop, I first began by trying to figure out how often and how long it should take you to go. Based on what I found, you should be going poop about once a day. If you're going one time every other day or up to three times a day, that's also still within the healthy range. But at a bare minimum, you should be pooping at least three times a week. 
Well, during the last half of my trip, this definitely was not the case. I have to say that usually I poop like once a day. So when I started hitting day four and day five without having gone poop, I was getting pretty frustrated. And when it comes to how long it should take you to go to the bathroom, generally speaking, a healthy poop should take no longer than 10 to 15 minutes. And this usually is the case for me. As someone who tends to eat a lot of vegetables, I rarely take longer than five to 10 minutes to take a poop. Now, of course, there are those exceptions for when I want a little extra time to myself, you know, bathroom breaks at the office when I used to work in corporate. But generally speaking, if I'm not pooping in a couple of minutes when I sit myself down on the toilet, it's not gonna be coming at all. So you can only imagine my frustration when during my time in Japan, Every time I went to the bathroom resulted in nothing really coming out besides liquid. So what did I do about it? Well, I tried all of the basics. First off, I tried to eat more fiber. You know, when I'm at home in the U.S., I generally eat a lot of beans and high fiber vegetables like broccoli and carrots and a good amount of fruit as well. And usually with the skin because that adds more fiber. I also have a habit of eating oatmeal in the morning, so that helps to keep me quite regular. You know, generally it's recommended that women under the age of 50 get a minimum of 25 grams of fiber a day. For men, that's about 38 grams. And I'd say that I usually hit that number pretty easily. But when I was in Japan, I was eating a lot of noodles and rice and sashimi, as well as sweets, because I love Asian desserts that actually are not too super sweet. I love red bean. It's one of my favorites. I did have a couple of small salads in Japan from the 7-Eleven convenience stores, and I also loaded up on the pickled veggies and fruits from the kaisaki, or the traditional multi-course Japanese dinner that we had at our ryokan in Kyoto. But, you know, that didn't seem to really do the trick. I even started adding bananas to my breakfast, because that usually helps get things moving, you know? But still, nothing. So then I thought, okay, well, what about hydration? I know that usually when you have, you know, trouble with your poop, uh, drinking lots of water can be a good thing. So I tried drinking lots of water and I even upped my liquids game with extra hydrating electrolyte drinks like Picari Sweat and Aquarius, you know, all the good stuff from the Family Marts and Lawson's and 7-Elevens that you can get in Asia. I also tried matcha. I was ordering lots of matcha and picking up lots of coffee as well from the convenience store because caffeine usually helps me loosen up my bowels. But alas, none of these seemed all that effective. And you know, another aspect of maintaining healthy poops is actually exercise. Moving your body can help speed up your breathing and heart rate, which helps get things flowing and can stimulate muscles in your intestines. We were walking around a lot in Japan, not only around the city streets of Tokyo and Osaka, weaving in and out of those long and twisted subway underpasses, but also through the gardens and nature paths to temples and bamboo forests and torii gates, even lugging around suitcases and duffel bags as we move from new city to new city every couple of days. This was probably the most exercise I had gotten in months. But still, nothing. No poop. It wasn't until we got home that all of these exact same practices, eating lots of fiber, I mean, the first meal I had back was the roasted maitake mushroom bowl from Tender Greens, which had black lentils and fennel, cauliflower and kale. And I got back to my, you know, morning oatmeal and then having matcha tea in the morning, having that caffeine, the habit of eating lots of fiber as well as drinking water and moving my body. 
I did take Toby on a couple of walks in those first few days back. You know, they say that even 10 to 15 minutes of walking can be enough physical exercise to help get your digestion going. Well, it wasn't until I was home and able to relax in my own bed that some of these same remedies of eating lots of fiber, drinking lots of water, getting lots of movement in, really started to help get my poops back on track. What I found interesting about this experience is that it leads me to believe that a big contributing factor to my unhealthy poops was stress. Stress actually plays a pretty big role in your digestive health. And as much as I kept up with my meditation practice while I was traveling, and as much as my body used to be able to handle all the shifts and changes of adapting to a different time zone and to the often stressful, even though it's exciting stress, of, you know, adjusting to new sights and tastes and experiences, I guess I'm just not as agile as I used to be. Or maybe the pandemic has reset my tolerance for this type of stress. It's probably a little bit of both. But regardless... These efforts to adapt in this big trip likely caused stress, which can really affect your digestive system. Speaking of stress affecting the digestive system, have you ever been nervous about something or anxious and suddenly had to go poop really, really bad, like almost uncontrollably? There's actually something called a stress or anxiety poop, and here is the science behind how that happens. When we experience stress, hormones in our body like cortisol, adrenaline, and serotonin begin to increase, and your gut will respond by producing physical symptoms. Sometimes that means nausea. Other times that means watery stools like diarrhea. Or in some cases, like mine, you can get constipation. And when it comes to nervousness or feeling anxious, specifically serotonin, which is a chemical in your body that moves food through the gastrointestinal tract, starts to increase in your gut. And this can lead to spasms throughout your entire colon, which can produce those unexpected poops. So if you've ever felt nervous and, you know, maybe had a big speech or presentation and suddenly felt the need to poop, you're pretty much experiencing an anxiety poop. There's also something called the second brain or the gut-brain axes. So your gut has almost as many nerves as your brain, and the very same neurotransmitters that send signals to your brain also affect your bowels or your gut. So when your brain starts to perceive something as stressful and that starts to affect your mood, this can cause changes to happen in your digestion. Similarly, changes in your digestion can lead to changes in your mood. So this led me down a Google rabbit hole, and I wanted to share some more fun facts I found about poop. For example, did you know that there is actually a color wheel for poop? Healthy poops are generally brown or greenish brown, which I think most of us know, but sometimes when poop is coming out blackish or red, this can be signs of bleeding in your gastrointestinal system or hemorrhoids, which is not a good thing. Alternatively, if your poop is coming out a little bit on the white, grayish, or pale side, that could be a signal of liver or gallbladder issues because your poop is that color due to a lack of bile, which has to do with your liver and your gallbladder. The third type of abnormal color is if your poop is coming out kind of yellow or greasy. This could mean that your intestines didn't properly digest or absorb the fat in your food fat that's necessary for you to function. And this could be a sign of disease in your intestinal lining, something like celiac disease or chronic pancreatitis. 
So make sure that you're keeping an eye out on the color of your poop. I also found that there is something called the Bristol stool chart. It's basically a chart that categorizes poop shapes into seven different types. And probably like most of us would assume, you know, a healthy poop shape is something like a log or a hot dog. But they also have shape descriptions like marbles or a caterpillar, which are signs of constipation. Or things like amoebas, soft serve, or oof, the Jackson Pollock, eek. Those are some types of shapes to describe poop that are signals of diarrhea or inflammation in your digestive system. It also got me to wonder, does poop float? Like, should it float? You know, sometimes you take a little peek in the toilet after dropping the kids off, and I think I've seen both situations. Sometimes the poop is floating and sometimes it's not, so I was curious. And based on a little research, I found that healthy poop should actually sink. But every once in a while, you will get some poops that float. And this often happens when you've eaten maybe a little too much fiber, or it could be some other food that you've eaten, like beans or sugar-free candy, that's causing a little extra gas in your system so that there's more air in your poop and it's floating and it's lighter. That's not anything to be super concerned about unless it's happening super often. Or if your poop is floating and it smells really bad, if there's a big stench to it, I think that they said this can be a sign that your body isn't processing the food correctly because you could have an infection or a food intolerance. So that's something to note. Your poop should sink. That's a sign of healthy poop. And if it's floating too often and also stinky, that's probably not a good sign. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. All right. Well, thanks for listening to my story about my poop struggles from my recent travels. I had also put out an ask on Instagram to ask for tips on how to regulate your digestion after travel. And I wanted to share some of the great answers that you all submitted. There were a lot of people that suggested drinking lots of water first thing in the morning and last thing at night when you're traveling and even carrying a bottle of water on hand at all times in your bag or your purse. Very good idea. Other people suggested taking a daily probiotic supplement or daily green supplement to stand in for the vegetables that we tend to not really eat when we're eating out and traveling, or getting fiber packets like Metamucil and also magnesium citrate supplements. Someone also shared that they bring a bag of prunes wherever they go. Ha, that is really cute. Another person said that they try to buy apples or pineapples to have each night when they're traveling. 
I think this is because both apples and pineapples have a good amount of water in them, so that can help get things moving in the bowel system. In addition, pineapples contain bromelain, which is something that improves bowel function and helps to control poop regularity. And when it comes to apples, it's recommended to have them with the skin on because that adds an extra amount of fiber. So that's it for me today. Thank you to those who shared your tips. And for everyone that's listening, I'm wishing you all daily, fast, brown, hot dog-shaped poops that sink. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a poop emoji in the comments of this IG post and share any tips you may have to stay regular. Once again, this is your host, Janet. I can also be found on Asian Boss Girl, the podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman with my good friends, Helen and Mel, who are also hosting their own shows, which you can catch on this same feed, new episodes every Tuesday. You can follow ABG on Instagram at Asian Boss Girl and me, Janet, at Janet W. That's Janet, the word double, and the letter U.